This week's episode of To The Top Talk is brought to you by CollegeSportsUnfiltered.com Talking Southern Miss athletics with some pretty knowledgeable Southern Miss fans. Great place to go, unvarnished, unfiltered. You won't have to sift through the propaganda. Southern Miss fans, check it out. CollegeSportsUnfiltered.com you are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss To The Top. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey, presented by... 4th Street Bar in Hattiesburg. We are here with your break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Special thanks to our friends at 4th Street Bar. Go check them out. They've got specials for Monday Night Football. Chili Dogs, beer specials on Bud Light, Dos Equis, Michelob Ultra. You can play bingo for prizes. And also, they've got $20, 128-ounce beer towers. Thursday Night Football as well. Beer specials, food specials. And don't forget their plate lunches and their sandwich of the week. The 4th Street Bar is your home for all Southern Miss sports. If it's televised anywhere, they will find it and have it on. Best Southern Miss memorabilia collection you will find. Visit our friends at the 4th Street Bar on 4th Street, just off Highway 49 in Hattiesburg. Jason and I stopped off there for lunch on Friday. The place was packed with Golden Eagle fans. They were actually getting ready to record the Eagle Hour when we were in there. But, um, man, it was a great time, great atmosphere in there, great lunch. The the catfish was amazing. It looked amazing. I didn't need anything, but Jason did. It looked terrific. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know. I wasn't hungry. He was like, I forgot I agreed to go to lunch with him. So, um, But it was a good time. We had we had an bl- absolute blast this weekend. Today is October the 14th. On this day, 30 years ago, Brett Favre hit Daryl Tillman on a 79-yard Hail Mary touchdown pass to defeat the Louisville Cardinals 16-10. One of the greatest plays not only in Southern Miss football history, but in, in college football history as well. We shared the video of that highlight on all of our social media outlets if you want to bask in the... Um, in the memory today. <laughs> uh, also, I've kind of been hinting that, uh, excuse me, I've uh, <clears throat> kind of been hinting that I had a, a announcement of some kind of stature to make. Uh, kind of revealed it on Friday night. I am hosting a new web series. It is called Behind the Wheel with Vardam and Honda. The first guest is artist slash musician Thomas Jackson. There's a teaser up right now on Vardam and Honda's Facebook page. They will have the episode in its entirety sometime this week. So be sure you be on the lookout for that. I will share that share that on our social media outlets as well. It was a lot of fun. We we uh, I went and picked him up at his house. Well, Vardaman gave me a ride. Went and picked him up at their house, and uh, it videotapes us driving around. And we went to T Bones, had some coffee. Trying not to blatantly rip off comedians and cars drinking coffee, but that was the that was the beverage of choice at the, the time and the day that we we went to T Bones. But uh, Thomas sang a song for us, so it was a great time. But uh, a little bit of, of Hattiesburg history in that episode, so it's going to be a lot of fun. 
episodes will be momentarily, but um, this first one should be out this week, so be on the lookout for that. Also, Southern Miss football. We got a new commit this past weekend. He is a running back from Heinz Community College, Don Ragsdale. So uh, be sure you check him out. I've watched his highlight tape. Very impressive. I think he'll definitely be able to come in and contribute right away. But I'm sure you will be hearing more about Don Ragsdale as the weeks go on. So this past weekend was homecoming. And every so often, we like to take the old voice note recorder from the phone, walk around, talk to a few people. We did it earlier in the season. This time we wanted to be a little more concentrated so we could enjoy the the festivities. But we caught a, we had a couple of great uh, interviews. Uh, I let somebody take the phone away from me and just do their own, which was a blast. So I hope you guys enjoy it. So let's get it kicked off with Jason Bailey and... Jeremy Cooper at the To The Top Talk tailgate. 1239, uh, Cooper and I out here at the tent. <clears throat> Way more people than, um, than, well, I don't want to say than I was expecting, but more people than we've had so far this year. And the crowd's been good this year, so we're looking for good things today. we got the grill set up, got the whole thing set up. Just tweeted out a picture of that. Um so uh, I want to introduce you guys uh, to, to Cooper, my friend Jeremy Cooper. He has uh, he's been on the show several times, I think. But he and I have kind of uh, fallen into this this crazy awesome opportunity coming up in the next couple of weeks, and we're not really going to let the cat out of the bag just yet. But um, we're going to be able to kind of chronicle and give an interesting vantage point um, of of some football stuff. I'm just going to leave it at that. But I wanted you guys to kind of have a, uh, an idea of who Cooper was. So. Here he is, Coop. Um, first of all, are you as excited about this opportunity we have um, as I am? Man, I am blown away. I can't wait. I mean, I've been a, 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 a Southern Miss fan for so long, and to have this opportunity, it's, you know, we've talked about it a couple of times. It's one of those once uh, once in a lifetime deals. So yeah, I'm, and to, to say I'm excited is an understatement. Ab- absolutely. So. And just a quick backstory. Um, so originally from uh, from Forest, Mississippi. Um, Forest got some, some some solid football up that way with Jack French and the crew. Um, but but you came to you came to Southern Miss same year I did in 1997. But you weren't always a Southern Miss fan, right? Right, right, right. It's uh, it's crazy. I grew up my you know all until I came to Hattiesburg. I was a Mississippi State fan. You know my whole life. That's 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 where my parents, my family, everybody went to Mississippi State. Uh, and it was until 1997 when I finally saw the light. You know, me and Todd Pinkston came uh, roughly the same time. And Todd Pinkston, a, a forest boy as well, and um, he came to Southern. I came to Southern, and, and it's been just, um, you know, that, that history since then. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm diehard black and gold now, so you know that. But, uh, you know, it's, it takes a little bit sometimes to see the light. It's just funny how you've known Pink this entire time. We never had him on the show. <laughs> yeah, we need to work on that, right? So anyway, uh, so what you got on the grill today, man? You got your famous chicken. I know we got some ribs going on, but are you ever going to let everybody know uh, the secret to your famous chicken? Man, you know that's 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 interesting. Everybody, how long has that been going on now? At least what, 15 years? Right. Uh, the funny story about that is, you know, me and my wife now. Um, that's 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 a a, a big um, piece of the puzzle to how we met and how we how we started dating. You know, she she heard about my tailgate chicken. <laughs> uh, across this is this is back when we were back in the, in the district over there, you know, um, with all the people, and uh, she heard about it and would come over here and sneak pieces of chicken off the table, and you know, through Tanner, Tanner would 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 bring her over, and uh, you know, it just became a thing, and and you know, we got to know each other that way. But 
uh, the rest of that is history. But now, of course, we got the, that famous chicken today. So uh, anybody wants to try it, if you want to, it's been an on, uh, ongoing thing for you know 15 years now. Guessing the ingredients in it, and it's something I put together, you know, uh, overnight really. Uh, some 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 flavors and whatnot, but it's just become a thing over the years. People trying to guess what the flavors are, and uh, I, I've always said, you know, if you guess one, I promise you, I'll tell you. But um, uh, you know, we, we had uh, this year is the first year in the past 15 that somebody's actually guessed one of the ingredients, and uh, I had to give her good props for that. But but um, you know. Speaking of my wife, she she doesn't even know the ingredients of it. She gives me uh, you know a hard time about that. But so all you have to do to get yourself a trophy wife is to show her your chicken. I got you. Cool. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, so we got that fired up. Everything's looking great. My buddy Philip Scott just rolled up. Uh, everybody's rolling into town. Um, and about this thing that that we, that we kind of just lucked into is it's in conjunction with Four Street Bar. You guys know that they uh, sponsor the show. Please go by there, eat stuff, drink stuff. Tell them that you heard about it on Two to Top Talk. It would help us out a lot. Uh, and so, hey, man, uh, big game today. Mason fine, as tough as they come, um, but, you know, he's never lost a Southern Miss. Uh, how do you see the game playing out today? Man, you know, him and him and Abraham, him and Jack are going to be uh, firing at each other, I think. So it's going to be a really uh, a fun game to watch, no doubt, from the offensive side, from the from the quarterbacks. I mean, they're, they, you know, they're fighting to see who's on top uh, in, in the conference. So uh, I'm, I'm extremely uh, uh, excited to see what's going to happen. I think we're going to pull out. I think I think we're going to go by ten, win by ten. Uh, that's just my uh, that's my that's my call for today. Cool. All right, man, get over there, grill me some chicken. I'm getting hungry. And check in with you guys later. To the top. To the top. All right, so 240. Um, just handed out another T-shirt to to a listener of ours, um, Margie Jepson. Margie, what's happening? Hey, happy homecoming. Happy homecoming, indeed. You were just talking with us a second ago about just an interesting tidbit about about how Southern Miss to the top kind of came about, and I think the listeners would like to hear about it. So, why don't you just tell us a little bit about it? Um, well, there's a lot of different ways that traditions have been born on our campus, and um, I'm really happy to say that when I was cheering back in the 1976-77 era, that um, we didn't have a traditional set of cheers. So we were on our way to cheer camp up in Memphis, and it is a big college cheer camp, and um, I am the person that originated the S-O-U-T-H-E-R-N. Southern Mississippi, USM. Nice. And so that's the traditional cheer. In fact, we ended up using that cheer at camp that year when we won camp and were national cheer champs that year. Cool. Very cool. cool. So you're back on Do you guys live in Hattiesburg? No, we live in Madison, Mississippi. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm from Northwest Rankin. This guy's from Northwest Rankin right Yay. here. So we're, we're kind of from the same neck of the woods. Um, so you make the trip down for pretty much every home game, I guess, huh? Oh, yeah. Season ticket holder. And I just came back from the Alumni Association luncheon, and I like going to that every year because then you get the State of the Union about um, the university. Mm-hmm. So back on campus today, it looks to be just – people everywhere and we're looking for a good crowd uh what what are the i guess the pluses and minuses that you see you've been around for so long you were mentioning earlier well not to say that but (laughs) you mentioned earlier how the floats used to be at the beginning of campus and now we didn't really see the floats um did you guys participate in the parade this morning or what all have you done today well actually i'm really disappointed that the floats aren't at the beginning of campus because the year uh that i was cheering i broke my arm and then the next year i was a spirit director and really the first spirit director for the university kind of helping with on-campus activities and with the cheerleaders and um 
started the tradition of having the floats and the displays at the front of campus. And students were really excited about it. And for 40 years, it's been an important part, I think, of homecoming. It's where grandchildren come and get their picture taken. It makes, it invites visitors and local Mm -hmm. Um, people onto our campus, which is so beautiful, Mm -hmm. and it's just a colorful way to express that it's homecoming week. In fact, last night I was talking to one of the staff members, and they said, you know, we couldn't even tell it was homecoming week this week because Hmm. there's no visually anything going on on campus, and usually staff and students are both really busy decorating with displays on campus. So um, last year was the first year that they went away, and this is the second year, and I would like to have alumni kind of raise their voices and bring it back. I've talked to Jerry DeFatta about it, and when they kind of went away, nobody consulted the Alumni Association, and they're the people who are the keeper of our traditions, and that's their role. So I love the um, displays, and then we actually started the midnight pep rallies that became friday nights at the fountain right and um later on when i (laughs) came back and worked at the university bob pierce was the one that really started the smttt and i was happy to help him um spread that as well very interesting i mean that that that, you know southern miss to the top as far as calling it out after first downs and stuff started when i was in college Mm -hmm. Uh, so it kind of originated with you and um I guess we're coming full circle now, right? Yeah, it's the first words of our fight song. And so it was pretty simple to pull things out and make tradition something that we can hold on to. It's really, really important. Sure. Well, cool. Margie, thanks for stopping by. Uh, And uh, Southern Miss? To the top. All right, it is 4.55 p.m. here at the tailgate with one of the best tight ends in Golden Eagle history, Sean Nelson. What are you up to nowadays? Nothing much, man. Just hanging out, having a good time. Um, actually working with two partners in the film called 712 we got coming up. Um, we've landed a distribution deal with Netflix and Sony right now. And uh, we also have a company called Dolo Go um, that eliminates over $41 billion of theft America has a year and also $265 billion of delivery theft America has every year. So we're excited about that. Um, we're still working on that right now. we got a patent for it and everything, so I'm hella excited about that. I'm used to you catching passes, but you're big balling now. Yeah, man, I mean, you know, um, I just like to stay busy, uh, try to uh, have a passion about helping, helping people. So, uh, you know, and of course I wanna always wanted to be an entrepreneur, a young entrepreneur. So uh, those two things put me in a position to be able to help people and provide jobs and, uh, you know, put people in a position to tell their story as well. What's it like being back on the campus here at Southern Miss? Oh, it's always a good time, man. Uh, we attended the gala last night um, at the convention center. Um, when I walked in there, man, I was highly impressed. It was very beautiful. Um, got a chance to see a lot of uh, players that I played with, a lot of people I went to school with. And just being out here in this environment and the atmosphere is always good, man. I see you got your Bills jacket on. I, I, I like the way the Bills are playing this year. Yeah, me too, man. I actually just got back from uh, up there two weekends ago. Uh, they uh, had flew me up for uh, Legends weekend, so I was happy about that. Um, I was really excited and felt honored. You know, they really treated me like a king, like a legend. Um, I'm just happy to be. Ex- I'm happy to be inducted into the Legends, uh, the Bills Legends of Fame over there. Um, what they're doing right now is great. Um, I had a chance to watch them play against the Patriots. Um, I think we should have won that game. We beat them across the board on the stats, but, you know, we just didn't finish off on the board. So um, I'm happy about the Bills and the way they're playing right now as well as the Golden Eagles. Who's the best tight end all time at Southern Miss? Oh, of course, me, man. You know that. 
you know that. But um, no, nah, man, uh, they had some great guys come in before me and after me. Um, I know it's always important uh, to show your face, come back and show your face to the guys that's in the locker room right now getting ready. Um, I stopped in there, spoke to a few guys, um, visited with Pat a little bit, um, uh, some other administrative people that were there as well. Um, Holler at Ty, the, uh, the uh, position there, our trainer. And um, just came out here and walk around, man, and show my face and say hey to everybody. Do you, do you have a favorite memory from your time here at Southern Miss? Oh, yeah, man. Um, actually, uh, I got a couple of them, but my senior year, uh, I think it was the first game against Auburn. When Coach Fedora got here, I think I had like 120 yards and two touchdowns, man, and just having those kind of stats and the environment like that and the atmosphere like that spoke real high volumes for myself and created a pathway for me to get drafted. So I'm happy to be a Golden Eagle. Um, glad I came and chose this school. That's my university. Um, only thing changed is the buildings and all that, man. So everything else is pretty, pretty good, man. The energy has always been good here, and I still feel it right now. Talk to us a little bit about what was it like when you finally made it to the NFL? It was great, man. I'll be honest with you. Uh, my first game was against the Patriots, and I just couldn't believe I was on the field with, you know, the Tom Brady's and uh, the Randy Mosses and, you know, all those guys like that and Terrell Owens and stuff like that. But, you know, I scored my first touchdown, first Monday night football game, man. And once I did that, you know, I knew I belonged right there. You know? So it was, it was exciting, man. I had a great time. Any final thoughts for the Southern Miss fans out there? Oh, final thoughts? Nah. I just I just want to say it's great to be back. I don't get the chance to come every year. So it's been about six years since I've been here, uh, back for homecoming, actually. But, man, I mean, just being out here, seeing familiar faces and uh, some friends I went to school with, um, some guys I played ball with, man, the energy is all the same. It never left. Um, you know, uh, the environment out here is getting stronger and stronger every year. The kids out playing, people out here eating and drinking a little bit, having a good time. So it's always good, man. All right, it's about 5.05, so we're about 55 minutes before kickoff, and this is Car Shannon. And my first opportunity to actually interview someone here on To The Top Podcast, here with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey, Bump Bailey himself. And we have one of my former teammates, Marshant Kenny, here at the tailgate and a chance to, uh, to ask you a couple of questions. If you could sum up your time here, at Southern Miss, about what it means to wear the black and gold, what would it be? Well, the number one thing about Southern Miss and just being Southern Miss is the blue collar atmosphere. It's the hard work, the chip on your shoulder, the us against the SEC atmosphere. And that's basically what these players and and former teammates take into every weekend when you come to the Rock and just get yourself involved with it. It is all about the blue, collar work ethic now 43 you had the opportunity to see the golden eagles a couple times this year as doing the color for the espn plus broadcast what are your thoughts as this team looks to uh rack up another win in conference usa but more importantly control their own destiny to host a conference usa championship here in 2019 well before the season you looked at the schedule you obviously looked at that three game road stretch where it was bama Troy, Mississippi State, all in a row. Like, wow, that's tough. They got through that. But let's be honest, for a true Southern Miss fan, including the players and the staff, they circled North Texas. Today's game makes the biggest difference in the season. They get through North North Texas. 
that is basically the the equation to get through the Conference USA season. Now, if you had a pick to click for tonight's game, who would it be? Who do you expect to have a breakout game push the Golden Eagles to a victory? Look for Abraham to Jordan Mitchell tonight, all day, all night. That was Car Shannon and Marshant Kenny. Always, always awesome to see those guys. And and shout out to all the guests. I mean, Sean Nelson was. Hey, Sean Nelson is. I mean, he looks like he could still suit up. I'm sure he could. <laughs> he's a he's a beast. But it was great catching up with him. Margie Jepson had some incredible stories. Uh, thank you, Margie, for coming on. And Jeremy Cooper. Now, Jeremy is a has been a tailgate mainstay. Since even before I was in the picture with with Jason, they they've been doing it a lot longer than than Jason and I have. But Coop is going to be involved in an upcoming adventure for this show, so you guys be on the lookout for that in the next couple of weeks. I mean, but there were so many people, so great to see everybody. Uh, gosh, I'm gonna forget if I start naming people, I'm gonna forget people. But I'm gonna try. Let's see, Phil Scott, uh, Maddie Ruffin, Smitty and his dad, uh, Trevor Kirkley, Rob Knight, Chad Dickens. Kevin Rogers, Neil Rogers, John Kane, Hunter Prack. My family came down. My mom, my stepdad, my sister, and her her uh, her daughter and her friend. So it was a great time. But it really was an amazing atmosphere at the Rock. It kind of has a little bit of that old school Southern Miss feel to it. I mean, you just kind of got that vibe. The ener- there was energy in the stadium. Uh, it was a great game. The, the team played hard. The team, I thought the team was, was excellent. I mean, there's always going to be a few miscues in a game, but for the most part, I thought that they played uh, an excellent ball game. Was really proud to see what they've, how they're continue to evolve as the season go has gone along. And I don't think that Southern Miss has played, um, are the best football that they're going to play yet. I think it's still, I think it's still coming and they're still building towards that crescendo. So Southern Miss defeated the North Texas Mean Green. This past Saturday, by a final score of forty-five to twenty-seven, a couple of uh, statistical notes: uh, Southern Miss in, in total yards five sixty-three, UNT only with three seventy-eight passing yards. This is where Najak is—he is playing exceptional football right now. You look at his stats for the weekend. So passing yards, we had four hundred twenty-one yards through the year. Jack was twenty-nine for thirty-six for all four hundred twenty-one yards. Three touchdowns with a long of 72. For his efforts, he was named the Conference USA Offensive Player of the Week. Yet again, that's for the second time this season. It's the third time that a Golden Eagle has won that award. UNT, passing yards 256. Mason Fine had a decent day. He got a little roughed up a couple of times, but he wasn't able to run wild like he's been able to in the past. Uh, rushing yards, Southern Miss with 142, North Texas with 122. Again, they're, the Stiggers, their running back, got a little banged up earlier in the game, but they, they never could get it going on the ground. Meanwhile, DeMichael Harris, three touchdowns on the day, mind you. Two of them were on the ground, one of them through the air. He was uh, had 14 attempts for 107 yards, two touchdowns with a long of 60. He's averaged... 7.4 yards per carry through the air, five receptions, 79 yards, and one touchdown That with a long of 59. So DeMichael Harris really, really become an, an important part of this Southern Miss offense. Also through the air, Quez Watkins with another monster game, eight receptions, 198 yards, 
and a touchdown with a long of 72. Quez doing what Quez does. Uh, and Ray Ladner for, uh, had a, one reception for 12 yards and caught a touchdown with that as well. So congratulations to Ray on getting on the scoreboard. But across the board, Southern Miss did a great job. I mean, I always look at time of possession, and, and the Golden Eagles absolutely dominated the time of possession. 37 minutes, 37 seconds, as opposed to North Texas with 22 minutes, 23 seconds. So that is that. If you can control it that much without turning the ball over, you are going to win pretty much every football game. Uh, penalty yards, UNT was 4 for 29. Southern Miss was 6 for 56. A couple of those calls were a little questionable, but we will we will take what we can get at this point. Um, but all in all, an amazing weekend. Homecoming festivities were terrific. You couldn't have asked for any better weather. It actually was a little chillier than I kind of anticipated that it would be, but once we got in the stadium, I mean, I I didn't need a jacket or anything. I was I was amped up. That brings us to the next game this weekend. Southern Miss 4 and 2 on the year at Louisiana Tech 5 and 1 on the year. That's going to be this Saturday, October the 19th at 2:30 p.m on the NFL network. I could not be more excited that we are playing on the NFL network. I'm 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 look I'm not gonna be actually be able to make it. Jason's going to be going to the game this weekend, but I'm looking forward to watching the game on the NFL network. I think that's a great chance from for some exposure that we might not have had in the past. I know there are some some premier games gonna be on at the same time, but uh this is a game that should be a lot of fun. And this should be one of the I think this will be one of the more of the fun the fun games that will be airing on the NFL network this year. All time record. Southern Miss leads thirty-five to fifteen. Uh the Golden Eagles have won the previous four meetings with Louisiana Tech. The line it opened as a pick'em and it went all the way up to one and a half. And now I think it's gone. Let's see. I don't want to tell you wrong here. Oh, wow. And now the line has shifted to Louisiana Tech's favor, which is uh, some have them uh, one point favorite, one and a half, even two in some places. So the line is steady moving back and forth. I'd imagine you'd see another push in the Golden Eagles favor at some point, given how the, the line moved initially. But the over-under is down to like what, 55 and a half, 56. So they think this might be a little bit of a defensive struggle, I guess. So we will see what happens. Also, another storyline in this, Jack Abraham taking on his former school. If you recall, Jack Abraham uh, started his collegiate career at Louisiana Tech before transferring to Northwest Community College before becoming a Golden Eagle. Last year, I remember when he signed with us, there was a lot of tech players talking trash to him online, and I think it meant a lot to him to, to, to whoop up open on last year and get the victory here in Hattiesburg. But to talk a little bit more about this game in a little more depth, we got a guest today. Jason is joined by Corey Diaz from the News Star. Enjoy. On the line now with us, Corey Diaz. He is Louisiana Tech and Grambling State beat reporter, working for the Monroe News Star and the Shreveport Times. You guys follow him on Twitter, at Corey Diaz, underscore T-N-S. Corey, it's game week. The uh, the rivalry's back, right? It is. This is the, uh, you know, coming into the year, you know, I, I think a lot of, um, you know, beat reporters for whatever respective teams, you know, they always kind of have, you know, two or three games, you know, that they, 
go into the year and you're really looking forward to and and you know and I set it from the jump you know every year I kind of do a uh, you know you know however many most important games you know for I do it for Louisiana Tech as well as Grambling State and um, you know, obviously every year, you know, the matchup between Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss is big, but I don't know, for whatever reason, coming into the year, I, I had a feeling that this game was, uh, was going to be bigger than it had been the last two or three years. And, and, uh, I'm glad Louisiana Tech held serve on my end and I'm glad Southern Miss on your guys' end sort of held serve. So, you know, both teams coming into this matchup undefeated in Conference USA play, and there's a ton of ramifications to this matchup. So, uh, I've, I've gone back and I've, I've recircled this game two or three more times. So, uh, I'm, I'm, man, I'm so pumped for Saturday, man. I think it's going to be an amazing atmosphere. Uh, I think it's going to be an amazing game and, and I can't wait to, uh, to get in the press box and kick this thing off and get this thing rolling. Sure thing. Well, I, well, I can't wait to, uh, get the rest in and get a little, a little, uh, tailgating in me and, uh, <laughs> and be right there. I think, I think my, I think I got my tickets in row six, I think. So. Looking forward to that. Southern Miss should be bringing a pretty, uh, pretty heavy contingency, I think. So I love making that trip to Ruston. It's not too far away. Um, I want to say maybe, I don't know, what, three hours, maybe a little less than three hours, maybe from, from Hattiesburg to Louisiana to Ruston. So it's cool, but, but you hit on it a little bit. This, this game, it always seems like a big game. It's always a game that we look forward to. I've always kind of held Louisiana Tech in the same regard as Southern Miss in a lot of ways, like a team that, um, historically is, is, has beaten, you know, some of the quote unquote big boys who can just handle themselves, um, against anybody. And I believe has national, you know, brand awareness. So for whatever reason, Sutter Miss wins a lot of these games. And it's a, it's something that baffles my mind. I'm glad I'm on the side of it, but the overall, uh, I think this will be the 51st meeting. And I have the record as far as if Winsipedia is right, is 35 wins for Sutter Miss to 15 losses, but. You know, it's always kind of that game that I really feel like you can just kind of throw throw the record books out. Like no matter which team is is doing better or worse, this year, you know, both teams are doing great. But I mean, does that make any sense to you? Yeah, no, I think that makes perfect sense. You know, that's um, you know, it's kind of been a way to uh, really, especially. I mean, you can kind of look at the Skip Holtz era. You know, since his time in Ruston at Louisiana Tech. You know, I mean. <laughs> You know, skip, you know, especially from, you know, 2014 through 2016, you know, that year where they advanced to the Conference USA championship game, uh, two of those three years and obviously still hadn't been able to get over that hump to win the actual conference championship. But, you know, uh, especially in those three years, you know, what they were doing offensively with, uh, you know, just the sheer amount of talent and, and the type of playmakers that they had, at, you know, the wide receiver spot and the running back spot and, and the, and the guys that they had playing quarterback for them, you know, you, I think a lot of tech fans in that span, you know, looked at the Southern Miss game and was like, you know, this is going to be a competitive game, but the, the things that we have been doing up to that point, you know, we feel really good about our chances and, and being able to knock off Southern Miss and, and to keep this thing going. And it's perhaps a lot of momentum heading into the remainder of the year. And man, I, you know, as you very well know, Southern Miss has really just had Tech's number in this rivalry game uh, the last handful of years. You know, it's, it's just one of those weird anomalies, man. It, it's, uh, it's always been kind of fascinating to, uh, you know, to see how well Tech's played, you know, lead up in these sorts of games. And, and for whatever reason, 
uh, just hadn't been able to, you know, in games where they've had, you know, leads late in the game and, and somehow squandered it away and let Southern Miss, uh, you know, sort of slip through their fingers and come out with a win and, or, you know, just, just really just kind of been, uh, you know, coming into these games with a lot of momentum. And the next thing you know, it's like they make one mistake early in the game and it just kind of, you know, kind of knocks them off all onto their heels uh, for the remainder of the afternoon. And so, um, I know this is a game, um, you know, every year, you know, that obviously spoke with, uh, you know, Cody Rusty and, and Kadarian Mason, who, uh, you know, Skip brought with him to conferences and media days uh, back in the summer. And, you know, obviously, you know, talked about, you know, some of the rival games, you know, within Conference USA and, and um, you know, because the games with North Texas with Louisiana Tech, especially the last three years, had, you know, had been really, really good almost instant classic type ball games, you know, it was come down to the last, you know, possession or two. And, and so, you know, a question that I had had that posed to, to those guys was, you know, is the, is the Southern Miss rivals rivalry, is it losing a little bit of luster to that North Texas game or, or how they felt about it? And, and, and the guys said, look, the North Texas games are, have been competitive and it's always a really good football game, but you know, the game that we look forward to, uh, the most within Conference USA is that matchup with Southern Miss every year. So uh, I know the Louisiana Tech guys, um, you know, having lose as many many games in this rivalry, you know, consecutively to Southern Miss. This is a game that I know coming into this year, especially now now that we've reached this week. Uh, this is a game that I know that they've really been chomping at the bit to. Uh, you know, to sort of get get Southern Miss to to Joe I A Stadium and play them at home, and, and hopefully get that monkey off of their back this year. Sure. Well, and believe me, c- coming from our side, I mean, we do have a healthy respect for La Tech. I have no idea how we keep winning these games. And to to that effect, I mean, <laughs> our bugaboo is UAB. No idea. Can't beat them. Yes. I I don't know. I I can't explain either one of those. We're on the good side of one and the bad side of one, and I have no explanation. I like to consider myself at least a little bit in the know. But um, as far as this year's Louisiana Tech team, I think we all know about the quarterback, Jamar Smith. He seems like he's he's one of those guys that's been there for like a decade. Um, super athletic <laughs> player. Um, but but what is what's Louisiana Tech look like so far this year? Looking at the numbers, you guys sure do put up a bunch of points. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, obviously this past week, uh, you know, against UMass, um, you know, I don't really know how much, uh, you know, the, the coaching staff and Skip Holtz and, and Todd Fitch, the offensive coordinator, you know, as well as even, you know, Jay Moore Smith and, and, and the receivers and running backs and offense. I, I just, I personally don't really know how much you know, Tech can sort of read into, you know, putting up 69 points against a UMass team where, you know, when you look at them from a statistical standpoint, um, you know, I, I hate to, <laughs> I hate to, you know, bash them, but they're, they're not a good football team. Uh, sure. Offensively, defensively, uh, you know, in a lot of those major statistical categories that I think you can look at and really sort of formulate at least a half of a semblance of what a football team may be. I mean, this team was ranked, you know, 128th out of 130 teams and, you know, total offense and scoring offense and total defense and scoring defense, literally the worst scoring defense in the entire country. So, (laughs) you know, them putting up 69, I mean, I I don't think that that was surprising to anybody. I mean, I honestly, you know, I I said in my, uh, in my preview leading up to the game on Saturday, uh, you know, one of the points I had made in my previous story was, you know, this is a game where I feel like Louisiana Tech can just name and score. 
you know, however sure. many however many yardage, however many yards you want to put up on UMass's defense, you really could probably just do it at will. You know, however many points you want to score on them, I think you can do whatever you want to do. You know, and that's obviously what they went out and done. I mean, you know, they had scored 28 points, I think, in the first, you know, eight minutes of the ball game. I mean, it's, you know, at that point, the game's pretty much over anyway. And so, um, but, you know, take I mean, take that game out, you know, um, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I always always kind of go back and I think about that that very first drive offensively of the year, you know, for Louisiana Tech. You know, they were playing, you know, then the 10th-ranked Texas Longhorns out in Austin. And, uh, you know, this was a team – I mean, offensively, they get the kickoff and they, and they march right down the field on Texas, you know, and they get inside the red zone. And then they stall out and they have to settle for a field goal and they miss that field goal. And, and so uh, while they didn't come up with points in that very first offensive series of the season, uh, you know, I, I thought that was kind of a uh, really an insight into uh, what Louisiana Tech could do offensively this year. Um, you know, Jamar Smith, this is his third year as a starting quarterback. You know, it's his redshirt senior year. Uh, I know he came into this year with uh, with the highest of expectations for himself as well as the entire offense as a whole. Um, and, you know, something that's, that I think's really helped him, uh, you know, he went to the Manning passing, which I think Jack was there uh, with him as well right, right, right. Uh, down there in, in Thibodeau, Louisiana. But, you know, he spent that weekend at the Manning Passing Academy, and, and something that he said that he really pulled from that was um, – you know, how to, uh, how to really study film. Uh, you know, he had, he had said, you know, he thought, you know, from starting the last couple of years, he thought he had a, you know, a decent idea of how to break down opponents on film and, and really sort of identify some tendencies that opposing defenses would do. But he said, you know, spending time with the Mannings and, and as well as, you know, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence that, you know, that plays at Clemson and, and Tua Tungabaloa, that's the quarterback at Alabama, you know, Spending time around the really the the best quarterbacks in college football heading into the year was was a huge growing and learning experience from him and you know and I really think we're we're kind of seeing the the dividends of that with him you know he statistically he's having you know his best year you know as the quarterback at Louisiana Tech I mean his completion percentage is is north of 10 points higher than it's ever been in his career. You know, he's he's really taking care of the football. He's not putting the football in danger, which is, you know, something. And especially when you look at these matchups with uh, Southern Miss the last couple of years with him as the quarterback, you know, uh, he puts, ball, puts the ball in danger and it ends up being a turnover. And then Southern Miss has been able to capitalize on those types of mistakes. So, you know, for him going into this matchup this weekend, you know, against Southern Miss's defense, who's been who's been playing really good football, uh, you know, you can't you can't have those mistakes. And so, um, everything that I've seen from Jamar up to this point leads me to believe that, you know, this year that could be something that that make that maybe can turn the tide in in this uh, series with with the Golden Eagles. That maybe he'll take better care of the football and, and won't you know shoot the offense or won't shoot himself in the foot. And uh, you know, maybe sort of you know keep keep the keep the pressure you know on on Southern Miss's defense and and sort of go out there and play you know not you know you can't play perfect football but you can play uh, as close to as you possibly can and and uh, from what I've seen from Jamar at this point I mean I I can't say that I expect anything different you know heading into Saturday's game and you know one thing that also uh, that 
you know, Skip and, and Todd Fish, offense coordinator, and, and the running backs coach, new running backs coach, Brock Hayes, who spent last year with Southern Miss uh, and Jay out there. Um, you know, the, the the run game was, was not good the first two or three weeks of the year, uh, and that was something that they really challenged, um, you know, obviously the offensive line too, but, but really it was more so, um, you know, at least in the eyes of Skip, you know, it was the offensive line was making the correct blocks and the running backs just weren't giving them the type of production that they needed. But, uh, you know, the, the emergence here, the last couple of weeks of, uh, you know, retro running back, Justin Henderson, uh, the, the numbers that he's been able to put up the last two or three weeks, I, I think they feel like they've got, they've got somebody there, you know, in the run game that they can count on, you know, he's a bigger guy and he's, he's more so of a bruiser. He doesn't really have a whole lot of breakaway speed, uh, but he's a guy that's uh, really hard to bring down on first contact, and he's a guy that, that really always seems to fall forward, you know, once he is going down and picks up an extra yard or two. So, uh, you know, we've we've seen improvement in the pass game with Jay Moore. We, we've seen improvement in the run game uh, that's really sort of helped, uh, you know, some balance offensively for Louisiana Tech. And, and uh, you know, and I think the offensive line right now, too, across the board uh, has been, um, you know, really playing consistent football. Uh, I still don't think the offensive line feels like they've, you know, played their best uh, game of the year yet. But uh, when you go back and look at the last two years and, and struggles that they've had, you know, blocking uh, in the run game and protecting Jamar, um, you know, this is this is easily their best statistical season you know, and since Jay Mars taken over as a starting quarterback. So I think uh, I think what Southern Miss fans can expect to see, you know, at the Joe on Saturday out of Louisiana Tech's offense is I think they'll probably all see uh, the best offense that they've seen out of Louisiana Tech in the last three years. Um, and so, you know, with matching up with Southern Miss's defense, who's statistically been good the last two or three years, uh, it's going to be it's going to be a really good matchup to see how you know the offense of Louisiana Tech matches up with Southern Miss's defense this weekend. Sure thing. Um, yeah, that Louisiana Tech squad. You guys, just just thinking about it here off the top of my head, it really seems like there's always just a really balanced attack on offense, and then on on defense, you guys always have like one or two just absolute dominant studs. They give us fits, um, but on offense there, and I think you mentioned a little bit of this, but uh, the running backs, Henderson and Dancy, um, they look to be getting the most carries. Um, so are those, both those guys still healthy and, uh, and ready to go for Saturday? Yeah, uh, you know, we'll, we'll meet with, um, you know, Skip tomorrow for his weekly press conference. But, um, yeah, no, the, you know, the latest I've, I've heard, you know, both those guys are, you know, 100% healthy and ready to go. Um, you know, they, they've had some, you know, I, I, a lot of teams at this point in the year kind of deal with, you know, those little bumps and bruises, um, you know, is, Israel Tucker, who started the year as the starting running back, um, you know, he has missed, you know, three games. He has been dealing with a, you know, a viral issue, um, and missed three games. And, uh, he was last week was the first time, uh, since, uh, early September that he was listed back on the depth chart. And, and uh, so I think they'll, I think Louisiana tech will have its full complement uh, of, of tailbacks at the running back spot this weekend. And, but I, I think you'll see, uh, I, I think you'll see a heavy dose of, of Justin Henderson. You know, it's kind of like one of those things with Louisiana tech right now is that, you know, you want to, you want to ride the hot hand and, 
and Justin Henderson certainly has the hot hand right now. He's, he scored a, you know, a bunch of touchdowns the last two or three weeks. And, and, uh, you know, last week he caught his first, uh, career touchdown reception as, as a bulldog. So, uh, you know, he's been able to put forth a lot of, uh, quality production at that spot for them. And, and I think he adds, uh, you know, just some more confidence, uh, you know, in the offense as a whole for this group and, and I, I think they'll, you know, I think they'll give him some opportunities to try to see what he can do uh, just to, you know, keep keep Louisiana Tech. That's, that's the thing for Louisiana Tech, and it's something that they had struggled with early in the year. But I think they've done a better job the last two or three weeks is, you know, whether it had been in penalties or whether it had been lost yardage uh, plays, um, you know, getting behind the chains is something that had kind of hurt them in a lot of offensive uh, series. And um, but they've done a really good job of, of being able to get positive yardage and uh, not not keeping, uh, you know, the down and distances at a, at a length to where, you know, you kind of take away a lot of the pages in the playbook. They've been able to, you know, keep it at a good down and distance. And that way you give yourself a lot of opportunities to, you know, call whatever play you may have in mind for, say, a third and three or, you know, a second and five, as opposed to figuring out what you're going to call for a a second and 15 or a third and 10. So uh, that's going to be a big key for Louisiana Tech against Southern Miss this weekend is can we stay ahead in the chains and not and avoid, you know, those long downs and distances because, you know, I think what we've seen out of Southern Miss's defense is, you know, if you give them, uh, an opportunity to sort of get a leg up on what they might have an idea of what you'll do and, you know, determined by the down and distance, you know, they can really hurt you. Sure thing. Um, I appreciate your thoughts on that. The, the, and talk about these receivers a little bit. I mean, obviously you're putting up a bunch of points and have a senior like, you know, offense with quarterback J.M.R. Smith, um, Powell, Hardy, and there's a guy named Smoke Harris, which is, might be the best football name of the year so far. Um, <laughs> t- t- talk about that receiving core a little bit. Yeah, you know, uh, I think what's, what's really separated, um, you know, this year's receiving core, you know, than say the last two or three, four years, um, is you've got guys that have been in the program for a while and maybe have just now really started getting a lot of playing time. And what that's really done for, for Jamar at, at the quarterback spot, it, it's really giving him, um, you know, more options that he can go to in the pass game. And I, I think in years past, you, you know, last year, Adrian Hardy, you know, had a thousand yards receiving and, and you know, led the team in receptions mm-hmm. and led the team in, in touchdown receptions. But, but this year, you know, you've got, you've got five guys that, that lead the receiving core in, in different, you know, statistical categories, which is hmm. something that Louisiana Tech, you know, even, even dating back, like I said, you know, that, that three year stretch where, you know, Louisiana Tech year in, year out was a, was a legitimate conference USA, you know, championship contender and West Division's contender, you know, that was something that they didn't really have, you know, maybe outside of that year where you had Carlos Henderson on one side and you had Trent Taylor on the other side. But this year, you know, you've got guys like C.J. Powell who, uh, you know, lead the team in, in uh, receptions. You've got, you know, Adrian Hardy who uh, leads the team in, in uh, you know, receiving yards. And then you've got a guy named Griffin Bear who's a, you know, redshirt sophomore who's just now getting significant playing time for the first time in his career. He leads the receiving core in touchdown receptions. And then you've got, you know, a graduate transfer in Malik Stanley. <laughs> you know, he, he transferred in from South Alabama as a, as a you know, grad senior. And uh, comes in and joins the team in fall camp and, and through six games this year, he's leading the team in, in uh, you know, yards per catch. And so, 
you know, it, it's a, it's a lot of um, different guys that Jamar feels like he can go to reliably, uh, you know, whether it be, you know, you, you're really needing a, you know, a catch on a third down to, to sustain a drive or, you know, you're inside the red zone and, and you're looking for a guy who can go up and make a play for you to come down with six points. You know, I think he feels like he has more guys now at his disposal than he's had in his career, you know, to be able to make those catches for him. So to me, that that's what really sticks out about Louisiana Tech's receivers this year is that, you know, there's not really um, there's not really a go-to guy. And I, and I think uh, with that being the case, it's really helped uh, Jamar Smith and it's really helped the, uh, you know, the play calling and, and what they've sort of expected out of that group. Uh, because it, what it does for opposing defenses is that, yeah, I mean, I think I think most defensive coordinators would like to have safe, safety help, you know, on the Adrian Hardy side, just because he's a dynamic playmaker and he's a guy that, you know, um, really could potentially have the opportunity to, you know, leave school early this year at the end of the year if he, you know, if he gets that, you know, grade that he's looking for from the NFL scouts uh, because he's he's that talented, but. Um, you know, you all opposing defenses have to, uh, you know, make sure they know where, you know, CJ Powell is and whatever slot he is, where a bear is and whatever, you know, that opposing slot, you know, and you mentioned smoke hairs too. Um, really fun, uh, hilarious kid. Love talking to him. He's, he's got a tremendous personality. His, his personality matches his, his nickname, which is right. what you want. If your nickname is as awesome as smoke, right? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you, there's there's so many pieces. Uh, there's so many pieces that you know defense coordinators and, and and defenders have to have to account for when they line up against Louisiana Tech. That I think it's it's really sort it's really helped them uh, sort of you know keep you know opposing defenders you know from really sort of teeing in on one guy, and that's been a real big help for them. Sure, man, and and you know on our side of the ball, like listen to you talk about that. Uh, that could be me on somebody else's podcast talking about our team. It's you know as far as spreading the wealth around and really having to. There's guys you can key in on, but if you try to do that, the other side of the field's open. So, you know, very very even evenly matched up thing there. But let's flip the script and let's talk uh, defense just a little bit. Um, defensively, um, and again, just kind of looking at the stats here. James Jackson, Colin Scott are the leading tacklers, and I'm guessing that you would expect them to contribute um, if Louisiana Tech plans on winning the game versus Southern Miss this weekend. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Colin Scott, you know, he was a guy that, um, you know, came, he really came on last year. Uh, you know, they had, uh, the year before last, you know, they had graduated, uh, you know, two or three guys off of their linebacking core. And, and that was one of the, uh, one of the major spots, uh, you know, for, for Skip and, and his defensive staff and, and recruiting. And, and, uh, you know, you didn't really know what they were going to get out of that spot. And, and Colin Scott there, the Mike linebacker spot, really came on last year, ended up uh, leading the team in tackles and, and uh, was a big key contributor. And obviously entering this year, he was going to be one of those key pieces that was coming back on the defensive side of the ball. And, and like you said, statistically, you know, he's he's really sort of held serve. He's, he continues to be that, that leader in the middle there. This is his senior year. And, you know, and he's a guy that's really performed consistently week in and week out. And, you know, and James Jackson, you know, it's his senior year too. Um, you know, this is a guy that, you know, they, you know, he's an outside linebacker, you know, safety hybrid type position. Uh, you know, he can, you know, rush the passer off the edge. You know, he's a guy that has the ability to, uh, you know, draw back in coverage and, and help out from a secondary uh, situation. And, um, you know, it's a guy that, 
he's got <laughs> he's he's not the biggest guy in terms of you know what his weight and what his you know waist may look like, but this dude's you know his his legs are the biggest on the team. Like his legs are bigger than like all of Louisiana Tech's starting five offensive <laughs> linemen. Like this dude is like he's one of the strongest guys pound for pound on the team, and and uh, he's a guy that always looks for that big hit and. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's just kind of been one of those, those mainstays in Louisiana, Louisiana Tech's defense the last two years. And, and, uh, this is a guy, this is a guy that, you know, could easily get, you know, 15, 20 tackles a game, um, you know, and, and I would expect him to, you know, to be a guy that, you know, he, another thing that about James is he, he's got a knack for, uh, you know, jarring the ball loose. He's got, I think on the year right now, um, if I remember off the top of my head, I think he's got, three forced fumbles on the year, you know, and I think that's, that leads the team in that particular category. He's a guy that's able to get the ball out and, and uh, get the offense, the ball back and, and can really sort of change the dynamic of, of the game and the momentum in that moment, you know, with one big hit. And so, but I mean, obviously, you know, if we're talking Louisiana tech defense, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the kid you got to talk about is Amik Robertson. I mean, this is a kid that um, I think, you know, I think I saw right before maybe the when football season started this year. I think he was, um, I think the seventy, he was rated as the seventy fifth, you know, best overall prospect of of draft eligible, you know, college football players. Uh, this is, and I think what I think what he's done this year as a junior, as a true junior, uh, I think he's only helped himself in in his draft stock. You know, I think this is a guy that. Um, I think at worst come the end of the year, you know, as long as he, you know, and you hope he stays healthy and you hope he doesn't have to deal with any of that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I could see this guy at the end of the year at worst being a second round draft pick in the NFL draft this year. If he decides to leave school early, you know, he's got one more year of eligibility left if he so chooses to come back. But, you know, he had a pick six last week uh, against UMass. Uh, I think it was like the fourth play of the game or something, you know, comes out and just really sort of helps the defense, you know, really set the tone. And, and uh, he, you know, he's kind of done that his entire career, you know, he, you know, second game ever, you know, as a, as a true freshman in college, you know, Mississippi state comes to Joe IA stadium and is playing tech at, you know, at their place. And, and this dude, you know, takes off a pass. Uh, I believe it was early in the second quarter and almost returned that one for an interception, you know, almost returned that interception, you know, back for a touchdown. And I mean, so this kid's been, you know, he's easily been the best player on, on Louisiana Tech's defense. I mean, that, and that's saying something because obviously we all know about Jalen Ferguson and the things that he had done during his career at Louisiana Tech, you know, he set the all time, you know, career sack record, you know, last year uh, in the Hawaii bowl and, you know, it had all those accolades and, and ended up being a third round draft choice, you know, last year with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, from from a skill set and for what he means, uh, you know, at his particular position at, in Louisiana Tech's defense, Amik Robertson's been the most important player uh, the last two or three years for Louisiana Tech's defense. And, and the matchup and the matchup with Quez Watkins is going to be a matchup. Uh, that's it's going to be probably one of the most fun things that we'll see uh, in Conference USA all season long. The, the matchup between Amik Robertson and Watkins is going to be absolutely tremendous on Saturday night, and and I, you know it's good. That's a matchup where you know if Watkins is able to get the, the better of Amik Robertson more times than not, you know that could be that could swing the the you know the pendulum to the Southern Miss side. 
Or, you know, it's a matchup where, you know, if, if Amik Robertson gets the best of Watkins more times than not, you know, that could swing the momentum and, and the, the possibility of the results of the Louisiana Tech side. So it's going to be a very important matchup. I think that's the, that's really going to be one of those things that's, uh, I mean, it's not going to maybe completely direct the result of this game on Saturday night, but I think the matchup between those two guys is going to play a huge, huge role in, in what team wins on Saturday night. Definitely a matchup to watch. That's number 21, Amik Robertson. So uh, everybody keep your eye on that matchup, uh, running opposite of Quez. Um, so you mentioned a few guys from Southern Miss, but but what do you – I don't know how much homework you've done on Southern Miss so far this year, um, but you know, what do you expect out of Southern Miss offensively and, and, and defensively, I guess, on, on Saturday? Well, I mean, you know, offensively, it obviously starts with uh, Jack Abraham, uh, you know, former Louisiana Tech football player, former right. Louisiana Tech quarterback. That's right. It's it's, it's uh, amazing how weird the world turns. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually think I saw a stat earlier today about about Jack. I think he's, uh, I want to say he's the fourth leading passer in the NCAA in terms of you know passing yards. I think he's got almost two thousand yards through six games this year. And, and, uh, and Jason, you, I mean, obviously you follow Southern Miss a lot more closely than I do, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, through six games, having that many passing yards, I mean, I, I'm not sure the last time Southern Miss has had a quarterback that's been that efficient and that effective for them. And I mean, that's, and I think that's, and, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but Southern Miss's success so far this year, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, I think Jack is, has been the, the biggest key factor for them on that side of the ball. And yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely Jack is, is a big key factor there. And, and for Southern Miss, we knew that – well, we thought that, that he had the ability to do it. Um, and in a lot of people's opinion, including mine, we uh, we got the other offensive coordinator out of here. <laughs> and, and Jack and Jack has just kind of flourished under this. And maybe – who knows? I'm sure he's a very smart football guy, but we had seen just about enough because uh, we thought we had good players. And uh, and we couldn't get anything done. So this year it's rolling. Who knows? We might stub our toe this weekend. I might be jinxing us. But um, Jack's kid is just super smart with the football. Um, he, he had a tendency last year to turn the ball over a little bit. Uh, you talked about that with J-Mar earlier. Again, we're, it, it sounds like a mirror image of the program. But but Jack, is uh, he's done what, quarter, what good quarterbacks are supposed to do so far this year and spread the ball around, don't key on a guy, let the offense be the offense. And – and it's worked, you know, so far. We've gotten better every single week. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, what, what about attendance? You know, around Conference USA, uh, you know, he's watched these games on TV, and, you know, Southern Miss is is is, uh, is kind of like everybody else. Attendance has been down a little bit, even though we're, we're creeping back up there this year. Um, what do you expect with the attendance uh, on Saturday? Uh, I definitely think uh easily this would this will be the 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 most uh attended home football game for Louisiana Tech so far this year um you know and obviously part of that is you know is the rivalry you know between Louisiana Tech and mm-hmm. Southern Miss um, but, you know I, I think <laughs> right exactly and, but I, I think even more than that uh you know I think it's it, it's how successful both teams have been this year you know, and obviously with both teams being the last of the two undefeated uh, teams on the western side of the division in Conference USA, um, you know the winner the winner of this game 
you know, you, you, you reward yourself the driver's seat to, to potentially get to the conference state championship game at the end of the year. So, uh, you know, the rivalry plus the ramifications of this game, uh, I think will lead to a, um, you know, as I mentioned, uh, earlier, you know, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. I think, I think easily, um, we're going to see the, the biggest crowd, you know, inside the Joe so far this season, uh, for this game. And, um, you know, and I think, and, and the reason why I bring this up is because, um, you know, Louisiana Tech played the, uh, you know, played that 2.30 time slot against Grambling State earlier this year. Uh, and I know they'll play at 2.30 this weekend. You know, the weather the weather's going to be a lot better. Because <laughs> when they played Grambling earlier this year at home, you know, the, uh, you know, the temperature on the turf, you know, right before kickoff, uh, was like 150 degrees Ooh, and goodness. so uh, yeah and then of course you know for the spectators in the stands you know the I mean the temperature was was easily 100 degrees and that probably felt even worse than that so you know both both bands you know Louisiana Tech's band and Grambling State's band literally right after halftime like they had to they they both like exited the stadium because it was <laughs> it was so hot that you know neither neither band could like you know, continue to, you know, carry their instruments around in their full garb, you know, and not, you know, <laughs> have like heat exhaustion and, and almost, you know, potentially yeah. worse stuff than that. So, I mean, the weather is going to be great, um, you know, and that's going to factor into how many people come out and, and check out the game on Saturday too. So um, I'm expect, like I said, I'm expecting a, a great atmosphere, a great environment. Um, you know, will, will Louisiana Tech have a sellout? Probably not. But uh, I do think there will be a, a ton of fans in the stands. And like you mentioned, too, Southern Miss travels fairly well, too. So I would expect there to be a lot of black and gold, you know, in the stands, too. So uh, it's going to be fun, man. Uh, I can't wait till Saturday. Um, you know, these two teams have been playing very well. And I think uh, both both fan bases have incredibly intelligent, smart fans and and I think everyone will, will have the expectation of, of seeing a really good football game on Saturday. Cool. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and a couple more things and we'll get you out of here, man. Um, but it, for, as far as the Southern Miss fans that are making that trip, uh, what are some hot spots maybe they need to check out? But as far as restaurants, bars, maybe places around campus to hit up during tailgate, just, just your, your can't-miss spots? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I think you and I, we uh, previously discussed this before, but, right. um, you know, if you're, if you're in the mood for, um, like say some barbecue, uh, there's a place called Brister's and that's B-R-I-S-T-E-R apostrophe S. Uh, they do a great job. Um, you know, I love their, their pulled pork and, uh, they also have this sandwich called the scatter load, which is, <laughs> which I think a lot of people appreciate this, but essentially <laughs> they, every, every meat that they have on the menu is they, they stack it all up on a sandwich and wow. then obviously you can get cheese on it if you want to. And, and, uh, but it's, uh, it's a, it's a delicacy and, uh, I would definitely recommend, you know, uh, Brister's for barbecue. Uh, if you're in the mood for, uh, you know, some, some Cajun cuisine, uh, Ponchatoulas in downtown Ruston is, is a really good, uh, restaurant. I, you know, I frequent there, uh, fairly often and, uh, they do a really good job. They have, you know, any, you know, any sort of idea that you may have of what Cajun cuisine is, they, they have pretty much all of that on the menu. And of course they have, um, 
you know, really good drink specials, uh, which is always a plus two. And uh, you know, that'd be a place that I would check out. Yeah, <laughs> I would definitely check out there. Um, you know, there's another place that's in downtown Ruston called uh, Utility Brewing, and this is a really cool spot. Uh, it's only been open for a couple of years, I think, uh, but. This is a uh, it's a microbrewery, but it's also a restaurant. Uh, they brew their own beer there, um, and they also do uh, uh, I think it's stone oven pizzas, and uh, you know so you can go there and uh, get you a, a pizza pizza and some beer uh, either you know pre game or post game. Um, really cool atmosphere there. They have a, a large like uh, patio area out back uh, that you can go and sit. Uh, they usually have lights strung up out there, so it's a really cool uh, atmosphere. And yes. That would be another place that I would uh, recommend. And that's like probably a lot of people, uh, a lot of your uh, older Southern Miss followers and fans that usually make the trek over to Ruston every year. They probably have heard of, uh, you know, Griff's Hamburgers. Right. You know, kind of like kind of one of those uh, old timey, uh, you know, like diner style restaurants. You know, they got, you know, they do the the hamburgers and the hot dogs and stuff and. And uh, that's also, you know, a nice spot to go to, um, you know, to, you know, to get an old kind of an old fashioned, you know, uh, meal, you know, from the 50s, 60s style era. You know, it's a really cool spot to go and eat. Um, so th- those would be my recommendations for, you know, restaurants. Uh, you know, another place uh, I like to go to for, you know, some uh, some adult beverages is uh, Sundown Tavern, which is actually located right next door to Ponchatoulas in downtown Ruston. Right. Uh, Sundown's got a really awesome patio. Uh, they usually have some live music out there, um, you know, and great, you know, beer specials and, and, and drink specials, too. And so that's another place that I like to go and, and uh, you know, hang out and unwind. So um, those would be my recommendations. I know there's probably some other spots uh, that maybe I haven't hit up yet uh, in Ruston, but uh, and, 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 everything and, and, that I've checked. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, and, yeah, and all of these places are and just as far as in relation to to campus. It's it's pretty close, right? Yeah, sure. You know, the, the football stadium is is basically you know on the uh, you know on the west side of campus, and and uh, you literally you know drive through campus, and just on the other side, just on the you know eastern side of campus, is where downtown Ruston is. So cool. Uh, it's it's all in in, in in terms of locations, all super close to the football stadium. It's all super close, you know, to the tailgate spot that you'll, you know, normally tailgate at. And, uh, it's all, Ruston's not what you would call a booming metropolis. So everything's kind of close <laughs> together. So, it's, right, so that's, that's good. So that's good. <laughs> Love it. Sure. All right, man. Uh, so I got to ask this, but, uh, Louisiana tech wins. If Louisiana tech wins, if they can figure out a way, on the defensive side of the ball to, um, you know, to slow down, uh, you know, Jack in, in the passing game. Uh, you know, like I said, that's why I mentioned earlier the, the matchup between Amik and, and Quez is going to be something to watch because I think, you know, if you can if you can take away Jack's best option in the pass game, you'll, you know, you, mm-hmm. defensively you set yourself up, uh, you know, to, to put your offense in really good spots to, you know, try to win this game. And I think on the offensive side of the ball, you know, I think I think Tech is going to – I think Skip and, and Todd Fitch, I think they're really going to want to try to uh, get the run game established. And what that will do for them is if they can go out there with, with Justin Henderson and Jaquise Dancy, you know, if they can get, you know, positive yardage and stay ahead of the chains, 
you know, it's going to allow them to, to keep the playbook as open as possible. And it's going to allow them the, you know, the opportunity to, uh, you know, affect the game with play action pass and, and to keep some balance offensively. Cause that's going to be important. Like I said earlier, you know, if you get in, if you get in predictable situations against Southern Miss's defense, uh, I think you set yourself up for some trouble. And so getting the run game established is going to be very important for Louisiana Tech on Saturday. And, and then when they have those opportunities and play action pass and, and have those opportunities to, to really sort of spread the field vertically, uh, you know, these receivers are going to have to come down with the ball. You know, Tech's had some drops, uh, you know, in some key spots in these games. Um, and so guys – from the receiver standpoint, you're going to have to uh, to make the plays when they're when their numbers called, and and um, you know they're going to have to you know like I said, it's it's all it's all about balance for Louisiana Tech. If they can, you know, if they can run 80 plays on offense and and call, you know, 45 run plays and 35 pass plays, I think uh, I think Skip will be very happy with that. And and if that is the the result, you know, I think Louisiana Tech will will have a shot to win this game. All right, so I got to ask a prediction. Well, uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think happens? Uh, last I checked, uh, I think the game opened up at Pickham, and now it's maybe uh, one point Southern Miss favor. But uh, what do you think is going to happen? What, what's your What's your score prediction? Oh man, I know you like to stay away from that. Uh, but I'm just going to ask you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't flip my coin before this call. So, um, <laughs> man, you know, I don't. You know, I don't know. You know, because you know, two years ago uh, when Southern Miss came to Ruston, you know, it was a situation where I thought I thought Louisiana Tech was was playing some some pretty decent ball going into that game, and and uh, and then lo and behold, you know, two overtimes later, you know, uh, I believe it was I believe it was Keon Howard that was Southern Miss's quarterback at the time. You know, they oh yeah he throws that right. yeah he it's throws that game winning touchdown pass yeah. and and beat and beat Louisiana Tech in double overtime, and then last year. You know, it was very much the same situation. Uh, you know, Louisiana Tech actually had the lead, you know, in that game. And then and then Jack and, and those boys, you know, they, they come back and ended up winning the game in the fourth quarter. So, um, man, I just, um, <laughs> I, you know, I really, if I'm honest, I, I, I don't know who will win this game on Saturday. I guess if I had to pick, I, I would say, I would say Southern Miss just because, you know they've won four in a row against Louisiana Tech. Um, it, it's just I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is uh, mentally for Louisiana Tech in this series. Uh, they just they haven't been able to to get over that hump against the Golden Eagles against their rivals. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Southern Miss, um, and, I, and I feel like I feel like we're gonna see a lot of points scored on Saturday. I don't think we'll see. You know I, I think I think. Tech's defense is playing better than it had been at the beginning of the year, um, and I do think Southern Miss does have a really good defense. Uh, but I just think the way uh, the offenses are playing right now, I, I just uh, have a hard time seeing you know both defenses kind of slowing down what they're doing. And so, you know, I, I could see I could see a you know a 44-42 Southern Miss win on Saturday. Hopefully none of the uh, Louisiana Tech followers of mine will listen to this podcast because they'll probably be really mad at me. Well, they might be. They might but, be glad uh, you're not jinxing it. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm actually, you know, keeping the keeping the jinx off of them or something. Sure. I don't know, but you know, 
again, you know, I think as I think as efficient as, as Jack has been, you know, seventy two percent I think his completion percentage is seventy two percent right now on the year. Uh, you know, if he's thrown for uh and I don't know if you have the numbers in front of you, but I know it's ten, eleven, maybe twelve touchdown passes. He's only thrown, you know, a couple of interceptions this year. Uh, he, he's playing super, super smart and super safe football, uh, but they've also hit the big plays when they've needed them. And, and I feel like this is a situation where, you know, I think in the fourth quarter, you know, I think both of these offenses are going to be looking for a, a big play. And, and I just right now, I, I think Southern Miss probably has a, a, a slightly better propensity to hit those big plays. And so um, I, I'm all I'm. Like I said, I will, I will, I'm going to stick with it. 44-42 Southern Miss on Saturday. I think they claim the driver's seat in the West Division in Conference USA. Um, but, you know, as we know, you know, there's a lot of football to be played. Uh, who knows what will happen in the second half of the season here. But um, I think I think I'm going to go I think I'm going to go with Southern Miss. I don't know. Call me call me again tomorrow. I'll probably pick Louisiana <laughs> Tech. So how about that? <laughs> right. Well, hey, I tell you what, man. Either way, I think it's going to be super entertaining. I hope we come out on the, on, on the winning side. You hope you come out on the winning side. But either way, man, I think it's a healthy rivalry. Uh, I think the fan bases really mirror each other a little bit. And uh, so do the cities, so do the schools. So I enjoy it. I love having them in the conference. I don't love the conference, <laughs> but I do like having Louisiana <laughs> Tech in it. And, um, man, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. I know I had to pretty much just pester you because you have a million things going on every day. Uh, but thanks for taking the time. Um, you guys – you can uh, remember you can follow Corey on Twitter at Corey Diaz uh, underscore T N S S at C O R Y D I A Z underscore T N S and um, dude I appreciate it man you crushed it and uh, and I look forward to uh, meeting you on Saturday. Yeah man anytime I really appreciate you having me on man it's it's been fun I enjoyed it and uh, like you said uh. Looking forward to this weekend, looking forward to the game, looking forward to shaking hands with you and, and putting a face to the name. And, uh, and yeah, maybe we'll, uh, maybe hit up we'll that brew pub down tavern after the game. That's what we're doing. Yeah, we'll, That's we'll what we're doing. Up, we'll hit up the brewery or sundown tavern after the game. How about both that? of them. I, I get my, my three year old's going to be at my dad's house. We're doing both of them. So good. Cool, man. Thanks oh, a lot. There you go. <laughs> that was Corey Diaz. You can check out his content on Twitter at Corey Diaz underscore TNS. Special thanks to all our guests, Jeremy Cooper, Margie Jepson, Karshan and Marshant Kenny, and Corey Diaz. You can follow us on Twitter at to the top talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington, Jason at bumper J Bailey. We're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Got to give our shout outs, shout outs to our title sponsor Four street bar. If you can't make it out to tech, go by Fourth Street and enjoy the game. If if they if it, the game is on, they're going to find it and and make sure that you can view it at Fourth Street Bar. Shout out to CollegeSportsUnfiltered.com. If you want to jibber jabber with some other Southern Miss fans, go check them out. Shout out to our newest Patreon, Brian Renfro. Shout out to Susan Bailey. Shout out to the men of Sigma Chi, the Theta Delta chapter. Shout out to the men of Pi Kappa Phi, the Theta Alpha chapter. Be sure you look for us on Patreon, patreon.com to the top slash to the top talk. If you'd like to sponsor the show, show some love or uh, run a commercial. 
that's how we're running things right now is through our Patreon page. Look for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Subscribe. Give us a rating and review. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends. If you can make it out this weekend to Ruston, I'm sure it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a battle. The winner of this is going to be in the driver's seat for for the uh, Conference USA West title and possibly to host the championship game. So a lot of a lot of uh, weight is on this game, and it could the winner is going to be in a pretty good position as as far as it goes with um, having a shot to win the conference title. Like I said, hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Mm-hmm.